Hey everyone, this is Aaron from Opsclue. If you're a small business owner or operator feeling overwhelmed, confused, or downright frightened by the ever-changing tech landscape, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the Ops Review Podcast, your guide to navigating the exciting and sometimes confusing world of technology. Each week we will discuss the challenges small businesses face from cybersecurity and cloud computing to automation and data management. So get ready to take your tech game to the next level. On today's episode of the Ops Review, we're going to be talking about Gen AI. And I'll try to break this down in layman's terms, and then I'll give you some technical, boring details. Probably put you to sleep. But hey, let's uh, let's let's dive in. So, you know, Gen AI stands for Generative Artificial Intelligence. And I thought it'd be fun to ask the AI how to explain itself. So I prompted Google's Gemini with, imagine I'm a child who knows nothing about technology. Explain Gen AI to me. And it gave me something interesting back. And I thought it'd be fun to take that um, use 11 Labs uh, text-to-speech Gen AI uh, to read that back to us in a voice called Rachel. And here it is. Imagine you have a big box full of Legos, but instead of being all the same shape, they're all different. Some are long and thin, some are short and round, some are brightly colored, and some are plain. Now imagine a special machine that can look at all those Legos and learn how they fit together. Then, it can use that knowledge to build brand new things out of Legos, even things you've never seen before. Now that we have a general idea of what Gen AI is, how can small businesses use that? Before we get into that, I'll talk about um, how they're using it right now. And according to a Goldman Sachs survey, 54% of survey participants are using general uh, generative AI in their business, mostly for marketing purposes. If you're using it for this purpose, um, hey, that's cool. I'm curious, what kind of results are you getting? How much of it are you actually modifying? Or are you taking it and taking uh, taking it word for word, putting it in Google Ads or LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever your your ad platform. What about your sales material marketings? Get, leave me some comments on social media. I'm really curious how you're using it and how successful it is. So part of that survey was basically like the other 40% have no idea where to start. So hopefully we can answer some of those questions in this podcast. Another survey by Salesforce of more than 14,000 respondents, over half were already using Gen AI. And of those tools, their employer didn't even know, right? They're unapproved tools. They're just using this stuff and, you know, getting productivity gains, obviously. And this, this would be kind of important for a, a little later topic. So out of those people that said they're using Gen AI, 71% says it makes them more productive. And you can go to the blog 
post that corresponds to this podcast and get some of the uh, more details and a link to the surveys that I'm mentioning here. So what are some of the examples of Gen AI? Aside from the audio we just heard, Grammarly. I use Grammarly despite English being my native language. I can't spell very well and my grammar sucks. So Grammarly definitely helps improve my writing. I think it's a wonderful tool. The little uh, icon gets in the way sometimes and it's kind of annoying, but it provides quite a bit of value. And I just use the free version. I don't use the paid version. And I still find, find it very useful. HubSpot, if you use their CRM, they have a lot of text generation capabilities for email, for uh, marketing newsletters. You can use AI to help generate some of that. Some of the sales materials maybe is sort of useful. I haven't used it that much. I do use HubSpot, but I haven't used their AI that extensively. One that I recently used was LinkedIn Premiums, Gen AI to create my about section. And it took data from my job, my recent jobs and education and kind of assembled a nice little paragraph about, you know, my recent experiences. Um, I thought it was, that was okay. The next one, if you're, if you have development resources, if you're a development organization, GitHub Copilot has a lot of potential. It could potentially increase developer productivity by eliminating some of the repetitive, simple things. I haven't personally used it yet, but I find that, you know, I've seen, you know, where it prompts, you're you're typing, you're starting to type code, it prompts like an FL statement. You can just click, it'll populate it, and you just keep filling it out. I don't, know how useful it is, you know, firsthand. Uh, Again, if you've got experience with it, you find that it's incredible. I'd love to hear about it in one of our social media platforms. So do, you know, there's the other aspect of kind of what we just heard was the Gen AI uh, text-to-speech. And I thought it would be kind of cool to do one, take my voice and create an AI voice for myself and just so you can see what it sounds like it's going to be maybe some people would say better I think it's a little too robotic I don't usually speak that way this is kind of how I speak now you know what what you're hearing is sort of my normal tone and 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 the way I talk so take a listen and you guys be the judge Imagine you have a big box full of Legos, but instead of being all the same shape, they're all different. Some are long and thin, some are short and round, some are brightly colored, and some are plain. Now, imagine a special machine that can look at all those Legos and learn how they fit together. Then, it can use that knowledge to build brand new things out of Legos, even things you've never seen before. You know, it's pretty cool. I <laughs> I really like it. sounds pretty much like me. Uh, the way it's, it's kind of dry the way it was read, but again, this is kind of out of the box. Both of the AI generated text to speech examples that I've shown so far, I haven't tweaked any of the inflection or the pronunciations or any of the 
timings or any of that thing. You can get you can get in there and really tweak this stuff, and it probably would sound, I mean, pretty pretty believable. Anyway, that's uh, kind of the gist of some of the tools that are available, and we can we'll talk about some of the other ones later. Those are just some of the examples of uh, what have I what I have experienced through either using it or uh, being part of an organization that's used some of those things. So we'll move on to the next topic after this break. Hey everyone, Aaron from Opsgloom. Thank you for tuning in and we hope you find value in this podcast. We bring this content to you every week for free to help you learn and navigate some of the complex technology decisions. We do it without any paid ads, sponsorships, and we do not endorse any of the products mentioned in the podcast. If you find value in this podcast, I'm only asking that you follow and like us on social media, check out our blog post, or sign up for the monthly Ops Review newsletter. Links to our social media pages and how to sign up for the newsletter are in the description. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back. So we're going to be talking about the news hype, the Wall Street hype around Gen AI. And I think there's a little hype around this. I mean, obviously, you know, hardware companies want to sell you their expensive hardware to run Gen AI on. So the cloud companies, and then also there's tons of software companies that want to sell you their software. With that being said, I do think there's a lot of value in, in Gen AI. And if you look at a GitHub survey of 2000 developers, they say Copilot, they, well, they claim Copilot increased productivity by 88%. Now that's 2000 developers out of a hundred million users of GitHub I mean, is that really a a great sample set of 88% productivity? I don't know. And here's my argument. I would say, based on our previous uh, statistics from Salesforce and things like that, I think that claim is probably a lot less than than what is actually going to be seen in the real world because truth is, most people have already been using this stuff. So, you know, businesses are starting to implement it and they're going to be like, ah, we're going to get this 88% productivity boost. Well, I think you've already realized that productivity boost. That's just the way I'm, that's just kind of the way I'm seeing it based on the numbers I've seen. Again, people have already been using this stuff. So is there really going to be a big, huge jump in, in productivity? I just don't think so. I mean, is it going to help do things faster? Absolutely. But I, again, you're already seeing it. There's a There was a study, and it, again, this is if you're a software development organization, there was a study by GetClear <clears throat> that was talking about how using GitHub Copilot potentially creates some bad code coding practices. It, it encourages usage of repetitive code and things like that, which if you're not a, in the software development world, that's not always a good thing. You don't want to repeat yourself there's a thing called dry. It's a method of don't, it stands for don't repeat yourself. And it's just a way to make your code more efficient and readable. And I guess the best example is if you had repetitive stuff over and over, it would be almost like reading some kind of Shakespeare poem or some kind of poetic thing instead of actually reading text that you can understand. Sometimes it, it makes it very difficult to, to understand. 
So with that, I mean, we'll just jump into the kind of the next topic. There's, you know, where do you start? So Microsoft has a new interesting thing called Microsoft 365 Copilot. This is probably, in my opinion, for an SMB, probably one of the, like, this could be the game changer for for an SMB because unlike these other tools that we've talked about, already like Gemini and we haven't talked about chat GTP yet, but we'll get to that. These tool, uh, Microsoft copilot 365 will actually use your data to then make recommendations as you're typing. So a great example, and there, and there's a link in our blog to a, their demo video of this. It's pretty neat. So uh, you can think about if you're writing a, document or a PowerPoint and you needed to pull in some sales data from a spreadsheet, you can simply type in some of those things and it can go, it already knows your data is there and it can construct tables from your sales data inside of this PowerPoint presentation pretty quickly. And it's, it's really impressive their video. Now, does that actually work uh, as well as their video does Uh, yet to be seen? I haven't actually got to use this yet. I, I think it it just came out in, and some of it's still in beta as well. So I'm looking forward to playing with that because I think that really could be a game changer because it's actually using your data and not just all the stuff out on the internet like these other tools like ChatGTP and, and Gemini or uh, Bard. Bard is, is, they just changed the name from Bard to Gemini just the day before I recorded this. So in my mind, switching to the new name as well. So, and then again, also GitHub Copilot, the same thing, right? If you have to developers, we talked about some of those metrics earlier. You really could potentially see some of the benefits there. So what I used to generate that description was Google's Gemini. OpenAI has, and they've been in the news lately, they have ChatGTP, which does something similar to to what Google's Gemini does. And I learned that uh, Gemini, well, let me let me back up. So ChatGTP, there's two versions. There's uh, 3.5 and then there's 4.0. 4.0 is a paid version. And 3.5 is free, but pre- 3.5 was trained on data from back in 2019. So it's not very up to date. Now, going back to Google, so Bard actually was trained on more recent data and and it was kind of live trained on based on Google search data and things like that. Now that they've switched to Gemini, apparently Gemini is less of a live data, less live data but more accurate and more creative as the way it was described. Um, I still think it's probably more up to date than chat GTP 3.5. So I guess what, what I'm getting at is if you're going to use either one of those, just be aware that there could be some caveats in how accurate that data is, especially if you're looking at like, Hey, what's the IRS tax tables for 2024? It may not know, right. You know, it may not know what, um, you know, the, the most recent stuff. So you just have to kind of watch out for the, some of those things. Um, yeah, so Copilot, again, uh, for developers, Bard, ChatGTP, great for generating content, like your marketing content, uh, things like that. And there's a whole 
there's a whole nother blog post we'll do and, and maybe even a whole podcast on prompting these AIs to get the most out of it. Cause there, there is kind of an art to it as well, right. To, to kind of get uh, some really good results out of it. So let's move on to the final topic. And this, this will be a short one. There's this stuff is still pretty developing, but let's talk about intellectual property and the le- some of the legal potential legal problems with, with Gen AI. So disclaimer, I am not a lawyer and I haven't even played one on TV. So just take that. I have no idea from a legal perspective, but the New York times recently filed a lawsuit against open AI and Microsoft claiming copyright infringement. And they're claiming that the open AI chat GTP model was trained on copywritten material from the New York times. And I likely so, right? I mean, I, the, they need this data to make it relevant. And even in the EU, OpenAI was sort of begging um, the European Union to lax some of the copyright laws so they can continue to train their models and make them continue to provide value. Now, that being said, what happens if the courts say, no, you can't do that? How valuable then are these uh, generally available tools like uh, Gemini and, and uh, ChatGTP really going to be if if they just don't have a lot of data and they're subject to copyright? Um, and I think, frankly, I think they should be. Why why should they get us get a pass? on copyright law. I can't just go copy anything and put it on my website. So why should they be able to do the same thing? I get it. Maybe quote unquote for the greater good, but Hey, capitalism, man, you know, there are reasons we have copyright laws and that's to protect the intellectual property of, of the creator. Right? So there's going to be an interesting fight that, that comes out of this. And I've been watching this New York Times um, lawsuit pretty closely. I'm, I'm really curious to what's going to happen. I suspect Microsoft will just bend, pay them a license fee, and this will all kind of disappear. But that still brings in question about other specific industry-specific models, right? So there's also developing regulation. There's an executive order you can read a ton of material on AI.gov. The Biden administration is taking this kind of pretty seriously, which I think is a great thing. They're trying to put guidelines around on how the federal government will use AI and what you know what it can and can't use it for, or what it should or shouldn't, that kind of thing. And then there's also some new risk management frameworks. So if you're thinking about implementing AI in your business, there is uh, the NIST, that's the National Institutes of Standards and Technologies AI Risk Management Framework. It's called AI RMF 1.0. And there's a link down in the the uh, description to the to the sp- the framework take a look at so that's all i got thanks for joining i hope you got something out of this and tune in next week for uh, another great show 
Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. Do me a favor if you are not following us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, X, or whatever you call it, please do. I also encourage you to sign up for the monthly ops review newsletter to help you stay on top of emerging trends. We also throw in some helpful tips from time to time. Please join us next week for another great show.